0: Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Good morning. How are you guys doing? You guys doing well? Yeah. It's great to be here with you guys on Father's Day, and I'm just going to say this one time, you know, uh, I don't know where you fall on this, and, and, and I just know, I've been getting some, some messages, some texts, and some people saying happy, happy first Father's Day. I don't know how, you, how where you fall, you know, because I feel like this is my second Father's Day. You know, I know this is the first Father's Day that I actually have a physical baby to hold in my hand, but if you go back to last Father's Day and look at my bank account, <laughs> you can see that I was taking care I was taking care of Dax before he was in here. So I say, this is my second Father's Day. This is my second Father's Day. I'm so thankful that all of you guys are here on Father's Day. I'm thankful to have Pastor Julie come and speak to us and share this morning. We know it's going to be great. So without any further ado, let's just, let's just honor Pastor Julie as she comes and delivers the word. Amen.
1: Amen. You showed up. I was worried. They announced it last week. I said, oh, Lord, no one's going to come today. So thank you. Thank you for coming. I'm so excited about what God is going to say today. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, happy Father's Day. I want every man, whether you're a daddy or not, I want you to, and we do this on Mother's Day, we honor all the women. Because that's just something we do here at Passion. We feel strongly about that. But I want all the men 18 and older to stand up. And women, this is your chance. We're going to hoot and holler and honor them like nothing else. All right? Would you do it? Happy Father's Day. Amen. We honor you today. And we say that you are blessed this morning. We're blessed this morning. I know some of you, if I gave you the mic today, that you'd probably have some funny Father's Day stories. You'd have some not so funny. Maybe something. I woke up this morning just with memories just popping into my brain. So I know that that's probably you too. For instance, I remember back when I was college age and it was time to move into the dorms. And Dad would never take me to the dorms. He would never move me in. But on move-out day, guess who was first to show up? My dad. I get it now. I'm a a parent of college kids. I get that. I also remember on road trips. And if he's watching this today, he's going to kill me. But I had two brothers, and we would all sit in the back seat, you know, unbuckled at that point, and we still survived, right? And my brothers would get a little rowdy, and. To this day, we still give my dad a hard time about this. He would always say, kids, you better stop it. I'm going to stop this car and chuckle your head. What does that even mean? (laughs) If you want to know at the end of service, meet me in the back and I'll show you what chuckling your head means, right? I remember those from our road trips. (laughs) And to this day, my dad will still meet a a, a stranger and he'll brag about me to this stranger person he doesn't even know. And I remember I used to get just mad almost, embarrassed and mad. and But I get it now. I'm a mama of two boys and I brag on them. So, you know, it's all perspective, right? My sons have the greatest dad ever. And I honor Pastor Steve today. He's on a road trip visiting churches. That's what he does when he takes. He doesn't just sleep in and stay in bed. He goes and, and sees what everyone else is doing or not doing. He's always searching and researching, so we honor him today. And I would dare say that if I call my two boys up here this morning and ask them to list off the 10 most influential men in their lives, that some of you would make that list. So I want to say from the depths of my heart, we've been in this thing 12, almost 13 years now, and I just want to say thank you for the men in this room who poured into my sons and for the impact that you've made on them. Thank you, and you know who you are. All of us have memories about dads, and, and so I thought it was fitting this morning to talk about a father figure in the Word of God that was not perfect. Are there any of us perfect? No, of course not. And this father figure, in fact, he was, he was a little insecure but guess what? God was still able to use him. And I'm kind of feeling like this person this morning. He didn't like to speak in public, so I'm kind of feeling a little bit of his pain this morning. But it's okay. We're going, we're going to push through and do what God's told us to do. Let me give you some clues. See if you can guess this person, all right? little interaction. I'm a teacher here, so I, I want you to talk back to me in a good way. All right? <laughs> Let me preface that because, you know, when I'm teaching, it doesn't always happen in a good way. So this morning, you're going you're gonna to encourage and help me, okay? Ten commandments. Don't say it. Burning bush. Snake. Is it, Are you getting it? Leprosy. Let my people go. And Pastor Steve says every good story starts with, once upon a time there was a man who lived and his name was? Oh, thank the Lord. I thought we were going to have to <laughs> thought I was have to break it out and read it for you. So thank you for knowing that. Moses. He was a great man great in fact there's movies about him right he was a great man in scripture that that was a very mighty person but you know what Moses had some insecurities and some frailties as we all do but in spite of that and I want you to hear my heart today this is a not let's bash men sermon today in fact my older brother texted and he said please don't come in bashing men and telling them what they do wrong that's not my heart hear me this morning All right, we are honoring you and hopefully encouraging you instead of all the bashing that goes on on TV and sitcoms. Okay, that's not my heart, so please hear that first and foremost. But he was able, God was able to use Moses despite his lack of confidence. And that's pretty incredible. And you know the story. Uh, Moses was born into a Hebrew family in a time that was very dangerous for the Hebrew babies. In fact, Pharaoh had said, kill all the babies, all the, the boy babies two years old and younger. He was a little, um, his, his throne was threatened if you will. And midwives disobeyed. They respected and trusted God enough. Lo and behold, Moses was born. And His mother uh, hid and protected him as long as he could, as long as she could, and then she realizes that there's something special about this baby, but he was getting to the age where she couldn't hide him anymore, and you know the story. She builds, makes a basket, and she puts him into the river, and his sister Miriam follows and watches, and... Pharaoh's daughter, it was a hot, balmy day, and Pharaoh's daughter was in the river bathing. And she sees this, she hears a cry, and sees this baby boy in a basket, and she takes him and falls in love. And she, she says, this is going to be my son. And Miriam, in her wisdom, quick on her feet, says, but let me take this to a Hebrew mom, or a, uh, yes, a Hebrew mom, and let her nurse this baby and raise him up, and then we'll bring him back to the kingdom. Smart thinking, right? So guess who nurses and takes care of this baby boy? His own mama, his own mama takes him and nurtures and raises him up and then sends him back to the kingdom. So you can already imagine that Moses probably has some identity uh, issues going on at a young age, right? Born into one home, sent to another, back to his home again, raised up under Egyptian leadership, but never accepted the sonship. So I can understand that there was probably some, some uh, identity crisis going on there. And if you break Moses' life down into three 40-year periods, the first, year, first 40 years were pretty, pretty tumultuous, if you will. He comes back. He's in the kingdom. He is watching over the Hebrew people being very se- severely punished, and they're in slavery the Egyptians have no mercy on them, and all of a sudden, one day, he sees an Egyptian soldier just having it out on one of the slaves, and what does he do? You know the story. He kills this soldier, and he, later on, someone says, oh, you're going to kill us like you killed that, and he, he realizes he's been found out, so he runs away, hides for a while, and there we have the first 40 years of his life, okay? So it, it's pretty, it's movie ready, right? The second 40 years, eh, not a lot going on here either. He married Zipporah. He becomes a father of two, and he becomes his father-in-law's shepherd. He works out in the fields. Not really eventful. Now, here's where it picks up, and here's where I think God has some words for us today. The last 40 years of his life, let me tell you just a little bit about Moses, what he accomplished from 80 to 120 years old. All right? Think about that. Uh, he wrote five books of the Bible plus Psalms 90. The story of Moses constitutes about one-seventh of the whole Bible and is two-thirds as large as the New Testament. So pretty important person, I would say, right? He commissioned Joshua, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, as his successor in Numbers 27. And when he was 80 years old, we've probably heard the story. He's in the desert. There's a burning bush It's on fire, but it's not burning up. It's not being consumed. It's a miracle. And he realizes, hey, there's something going on here. 80 years old, God speaks to Moses, and he says, Moses, I've got a plan for you. How many of you know that sometimes we're in our 30s, 40s, and we haven't heard from the Lord, and we're getting a little antsy? Anybody relate? Or maybe you've heard from the Lord at a young age and you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, even 60s or 70s and you haven't seen what God has promised you come to pass. There's hope. If God can speak and start using Moses at age 80, then there's hope for us, right? So he realizes he's on holy ground and says, take your shoes off, Moses, for the place you're standing is on holy ground. And I want to read about that. Before I do, let me just say that age does not dictate... God's timing and purpose in your life. Okay? And I know we hear that, but how many of us this morning would say, Julie, I've, I've been, the Lord's put something in my spirit and has told me this will come to pass in my life, but I have not seen it yet. I'm here to tell you this morning, don't be discouraged and don't give up. What God says will come to pass. He is faithful to the end. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. When he speaks, he cannot lie. So what he's put deep down in your spirit, it will come to pass. It may be when you're in your 60s or 70s or your 80s or however long he allows you to live on this earth. But when you are obedient to God and you listen to his voice and you do what he says, his will will come to pass. I, I believe that with all my heart. There's still things deep down inside of me that God has spoken that have not come to pass yet that I believe will. I can't tell you when, I can't tell you where, and I cannot tell you how, but I, he's proved, proven his faithfulness to me so many times that I can tell you that he will do it. All right? He gets to choose the when, where, and how. That's not up to me. Let's read um, in Exodus 3, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit, but that's okay. And Devin will pop it up on the screen so you can see the other references. Let's read. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out. This is God speaking to Moses. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. How many of you know we have a God who's concerned about his people? Amen? Yeah. And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I want you to catch that. This is just a side note. When there is a need, guess what God says? Oh, well, pray for somebody over here to take up that slack. Or let's, let's ask him to send. He's the Lord of the harvest. He'll bring up somebody over here. No, what is God saying to Moses? Go. So when there's a need, I always tell my kids, if you see something that needs to be done, do it. And I'm talking about cleaning house and that sort of thing. But this talks about if you see a need in the kingdom of God, go. That's a side note. You'll get me started on that, and I won't stop. So let me keep going. First, I can't read it, 10. So now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. I want you to listen to Moses' response. Verse 11, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Who am I? Verse uh, Chapter 4, verse 1, Moses answered, what if they do not believe me? Here come the excuses. What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent. Neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, where's that word again? Go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. So no excuses, right? He's removing Watch, watch this. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. And you can go on and read the story later. He appoints Aaron, the older brother of Moses, to be his mouthpiece. So he, God is removing all of the excuses away from Moses. He said, go. Moses at least three times says, God, pardon your servant. I don't want to do this. I can relate. Can anybody relate? When God tells you to do something and you're scared, shaking in your boots, and you don't want to do it, but God removes all of the excuses. Because when He calls you to something, listen very carefully, He will equip you. It may be an older brother to be your mouthpiece, it may be a financial provider to fund the plan that He has for you to, to do. Whatever he, he has in mind, He will fund, he will, he will secure, He will provide. Three times Moses made excuses. But God made a way despite Moses' insecurities. God can equip you to do what it's called you to do. Amen? Amen. So how can a man destined for greatness, born in troubled times, saved by an Egyptian Pharaoh's daughter, be insecure and afraid? You would think, Moses, you've seen the hand of God in your life already. God has done incredible things. You would think that he would be bold and, and courageous by now. But no, he says, who am I, Lord? What am I going to say when they ask who sent me? They know that I've killed a soldier. They know that I've been raised in someone else's house. I wasn't even raised by my family. I, my, my identity is shaken. They know all of this. What am I going to say when they say, who sent you? And God says, I am that I am. Sent you. And I will provide. Amen? I could stop right there and we could just call it done. So I want you to see what happens. Moses accepts the call, and he moves on, and his job now is to move, I believe it's 2.4 million people through a desert, okay? Moving a family of four on a vacation is a feat. It's hard enough as it is, right? Can you imagine 2.4 million people The whining, the groaning, the complaining. Have you ever been on a trip? I know most of us have. What what did the kids say? Are we there yet? And as I'm reading this story for the umpteenth time, I can just hear the children whining and the adults. When I say children of Israel, I'm talking about the adults as well. I can just hear them saying, we're tired, we're hot. And the desert is hot. Rode a camel, been there, done that. It is hot. I will give them that. I can just hear the whining and complaining. Are we there yet, Moses? There's no water. There's only food for a day. And we don't know if it's coming again tomorrow, but did it? Of course, because God made a way. And I kind of, I feel sorry a little bit for Moses here. So God, uh, Moses and Aaron prayed. It says they went into the tent and they lay before the Lord and they're crying out, God, you got to help us. We have these 2.4 million people. We have no water. We've been in this desert for 40 years. I mean, think of this, the situation that they're in. They were desperate to see God move. And so they fall on their face, and they ask God to come in and move on their behalf. And God says, listen to what God says. Now, earlier, in previous stories, God had commanded Moses to tap the rock with a stick. Do you remember that story? And the water comes out. So keep that in the back of your mind. This time... God says to Moses, "I want you to speak to the rock, and water will come out." Now that may sound very insignificant, but when God says to do something, how many of you know He usually has a plan and a way that He wants us to do it? All right, it may be unbeknownst to us; we may not understand, and it might seem like a small thing. Well, Moses, why are you striking? I want you in Numbers 20. You can write that down and look it up later. Um, Moses, uh, Numbers 20. Verses 10 and 11, and it talks about it says, Moses, well, listen to what Moses says. He says, Listen, you rebels, mistake number one, must we bring you water out of this rock? Sounds like it's getting a little cocky here. Is he the one bringing water out of the rock? Absolutely not. He's just the mouthpiece, and God is the one doing the miracle here, all right? But he's wanting to take some credit here. Must we bring you water out of this rock? And then he struck the rock twice with his staff. What did God tell him to do to the rock? Speak. He taps the rock twice. And God, in his infinite mercy and (laughs) compassion, he allows water to flow out of the rock. But he says, because you didn't trust me in the midst of my people, you will not see the promised land. One little thing. Now, Moses had struck the rock before and it had worked. Maybe he was depending on his own strength. I got this. I'll do it my own way. Mm, let it sink in for a minute. And I want to say, I'd read this several times and I was sitting on the couch one night and I just started almost weeping and I told Steve, he was beside me, and I said, I can't say this. <laughs> I can't say this. He said, and okay, okay tables have turned. He's, he's telling me the nice way to say something. All right, usually I'm tempering him down. (laughs) Those of you who know him, you you get it. But now he's tempering me, and he tells me to say it like this. I'm going to say it like he said. I might let mine slip out too. Where are you using force when God has called you to use faith? Where are you using force? And I'm going to say it because, you know, this is, I feel like the Lord said to say it. And it can be taken so many ways. Where are you striking instead of speaking? What situation in your life are you trying to push through? And again, you can take this so many ways, and I hope you don't misinterpret my spirit this morning, but what situation in your life has God said to do it this way or to go or to do, and you're depending on doing it in your own strength? By force, you're forcing instead of using faith. Does that make sense this morning? I want you just to think about that for a second and allow the Holy Spirit to pinpoint some area in your life where you're using force. That's not my job this morning. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And I want to say that just because I'm I'm pausing a little bit, not because I'm being awkward, but I just want the Holy Spirit to have some time to work. Just because something worked for you in the past doesn't mean that God wants you to keep forcing it that way. Step out in faith. And if you were here two weeks ago when Brother Gary Bird was here, he's made a statement and it's just it's stuck with me for two weeks. I even posted it on my face. You know if it's Facebook ready, then it, it's truth, right? So I put it on my Facebook that day. And his statement, and I probably, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, what, what in your life... Has God told you to be obedient in, and you're not being obedient? Because if you're not obedient in this step, God can't take you to the next step. And that just hit me, and I immediately began to search my soul, and I just couldn't, I couldn't even leave the altar that morning going into second service because I asked the Lord to show me what have I not been obedient in that's causing me not to go to the next step. Where am I using force and, you know, force can be a sitting back and doing nothing. So I'm asking the Lord this morning as a body, as Passion Church, for the Holy Spirit to let us know. And if it's saying it two or three times, and, and even last week, Brother Hilliard made kind of the same statement at the second end of the second service if you were here. So I'm thinking if the Lord's saying it three times to us this month, it might be something we as a church need to listen to. Where have we not been obedient or done? Maybe, there's a fine line, maybe we're just, we just haven't done. Maybe it's not disobedience, but in a way it kind of is because if God says to do something and we don't do it, it's disobedience, right? So where are we? Where have we said no, God, or I don't want to go, or I'm, I'm slow low of speech, I can't talk, I can't do what you've asked me to do, or where have we said no to God? Because until we say yes, we can't go to that next level. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of circling for 40 years. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to see what God has for us. As a body, and as an individual, as a mom, as a wife, as a teacher. I'm ready for the next level. How many of you would say yes, that's me? Amen. I want you to see what happens next. Moses' mistakes not only affected him, but everyone around him. Your actions affect not only yourself, but also other people around you, in a negative or a positive way. We'll see a positive way in just a minute. But notice when when Moses struck the rock, God said, you and Aaron will not see the promised land. Aaron didn't strike the right rock. But because Moses disobeyed, now neither one of them are going to see the promised land. So what we do, dads in this room and females as well, but dads, what we do positively and negatively can affect not only ourselves, but those around us. Amen? What we do in that private room, men, women, it may seem like it doesn't matter, it's only affecting us, that it affects those around us. When we make that decision at work to be honest or dishonest, it affects others. You may think it's only affecting you, but it's not. But God is compassionate and full of grace and mercy. I want you to wa- uh, watch and see what happens. God invites Moses up to Mount Nebo where he showed him the promised land. And he says in Deuteronomy 34, verses 4 and 5, I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. And it says he was in full vigor and health. He was not ill. He died and the Lord God buried him and put him in a cave, I believe, if I remember the story correctly. Not even sure where it was. So he was in full health when he died. But the Lord said, it's time. You will see in my grace and mercy, I will allow you to see the promised land that you were supposed to get to go into. You're not going, but in my grace and mercy, I'm going to allow you to see it. Sometimes our actions will affect those around us, as I've already said. But I want you to know that Sometimes um, what we were not allowed to do can be accomplished through those that coming after us. I want to do it. Don't get me wrong. I want to do what God has said and has promised me to do. But if I'm not able to reach it, I want my sons to do greater things than I have. I want them to see the promised land. I may never get there. But I want them to see what God has promised us as a family. Amen. So Moses' failure at the rock did not negate or break his relationship with God, because God continued to use the prophet and to love him with tenderness. God was an Im- Moses was an imperfect man whom God chose to use. So if He can use Moses, He can use you and me. Maybe you do have a handicap of some a handicap of some sort. Maybe. You've made mistakes along the way, done too many drugs, slept with too many people, murdered by the way Moses did too. Maybe you've struck things that should have only been spoken to. What's your excuse? And Moses, one of the positive things he did, if you'll read the story, he poured into a man named Joshua. Joshua was a great military strategist It says that he was one of two of the spies. Remember when the spies were sent to scope out the land to see if they could take the promised land? And two, Joshua and Caleb, two out of 12 come back with a positive report. Joshua was one of those. So he was a man of strength. He was, yes, we can do this. I can take this. It also tells us in God's word that Joshua was the only person that was allowed to go up, only halfway. He didn't make it up to the top, but he went halfway up the day that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. So he watched day in and day out how Moses led, how Moses Made decisions. He, he was shadowing Moses and being mentored by Moses. So Moses did make a positive um, example and, and set the way for Joshua. And I want to read Joshua 24 14 through 15. This to me sums up Moses' influence. We can get stuck on Moses' mistake this morning and say, ah, God can't use him, he was a failure. No. I want you to watch what happened because of Moses' faithfulness. Moses, by the way, did not complain. When God told him that he wasn't going to see the promised land, there was no whining and moaning and groaning and complaining. Moses continued to walk faithfully. I want you to see the influence of Moses. Joshua 24, now therefore, this is Joshua talking, now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose, and you all know this, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, say it with me, we will serve the Lord. I believe with all my heart that Joshua received strength and encouragement because of what he had seen Moses do. Moses had a positive influence in the life of jo- Joshua. And you can, you can go and read Joshua's story. Did I say Joseph a while ago? Okay, if I say jo- Joseph, just give me a look because I intertwine their names. I know the difference, but sometimes I mix up the names. You can go and see all of the military battles that Joshua won. And time after time, I started trying to count them, and there were so many I just had to stop. Time after time, Joshua would go say, God... I need to conquer this land. I need to conquer this people. Help me. Tell me what to do. And God would say, do this. Do it this way. And Joshua would obey, and he would go, and he would be successful. Time after time after time. He listened to the voice of God, and he did what he was asked to do, and he was successful. He was a successful military strategist. And because of that, for many, many years, the children of Israel walked in freedom. And gained land and possessed territory that Moses had set out for them to possess. So we see the influence of this mighty man named Moses. Moses set the example for Joshua. Joshua set the example for his household and future generations. Were they perfect? No. Did they make mistakes? Yes. Did God still use them? You bet and God will use you. So men, I'm specifically talking to you today. Women, you can listen and apply. But I feel a mandate this morning to speak to the men of Passion Church. And what I want you to do, if you will, please honor this. Every man 18 and older, would you just come and Fill up the front of this, and I I really want the women and the congregation. We're just gonna pray a prayer of blessing over you this morning. And as you're coming, I just want to remind you that age does not dictate God's timing and purpose in your life. What has God said to you years ago, or months ago, or even some of you just graduated? What has God said weeks ago, days ago, that He wants you to accomplish? Maybe you're still waiting for God to say something. Maybe you're still listening for him to put that into your spirit, what he wants you to do. Good news, Moses was 80. (laughs) Age does not matter to the Lord this morning. And I've asked the Holy Spirit to stir up this morning the gifts and the callings of God. I've asked him to remind you, I can't do it. I don't know what the Lord has told you and has spoken to you in those hours that you poured out and cried your heart out before God. I don't know what he's told you to do. But I'm asking the Lord this morning to remind you of those things. Maybe you've not even shared with anybody. Maybe they're deep down in your spirit. Maybe because it's scary. Maybe because it's ludicrous and when you say it out loud, it scares you to death. Because it just doesn't make sense and you have no clue how God is going to bring it to pass. Been there. Done it. Walking in there right now. I want to remind you this morning. That God has called you to speak and not strike. He's called you to walk by faith and not force. What are you trying to do in your own strength, in your own power this morning? That God says, I got this. Take a step back. Speak to that rock and the water will flow. You don't have to do it in your own power. You don't have to strike that rock. I will do it. I've got this. And I want to remind you dads and men, maybe you're not, you've, you've not, you don't you have have physical children, but I guarantee you each one of you this morning is so important and valuable to our congregation. We honor you this morning because what you do matters. How you live your life matters. What you say matters. Your influence, Jonathan, Pastor Andrew, and our young people, you matter. It may feel like you're not. Uh, You're butting your head up against the wall week in and week out. But what you do matters to this body and to our families and to this kingdom. It matters. Jeff, when you're doing all that fancy schmancy stuff at your job, I can't even tell you what you do. You've told me, and I can't even repeat it because it's, you know, above me. It matters. Phil, when you're pouring, and I could go down the row, when you're pouring into those young people, teaching them music nonetheless, your influence matters. Hear me this morning. So I'm asking the women, and I just see this in my spirit. I've seen it from day one. The Lord always tells me how to close. He may not tell me much, but he tells me how he wants me to close. So women, if you will, I want you just to surround me and scoot over. Well, I know, there's and We're live streaming. Leave a little room, okay? But I need you to scoot over just a little bit. And women, we're going to surround them quickly this morning. I want you to get up and just surround them almost in a circle if we can. Because men, you need to hear this. We've got your back. I almost started this this morning with some clips from TV shows to show you how the society today demeans and belittles the men. It's sickening how they treat men today. And I want you to know that we're breaking that. We don't speak down to you this morning. We have your back. We love you. We support you. And we say what you do matters. And we got to have you. We got to have you. so I want you just to ask the Lord in these next few minutes we're not going to take long I want you just to ask the Lord where you're at in this message today maybe you've allowed your age to affect what you maybe you think you're too young for God to use you maybe you think you're too old for God to use you maybe you're disappointed and discouraged today because you haven't heard from the Lord as to what your job is wherever you are on the timeline of God's plan it's okay God has not forgotten you one God has a plan so we're going to pray a prayer of blessing women I want you just to lay hands lift your hand toward them however you feel comfortable doing that today and men I want you to look around we surround you this morning because we believe in you And if there's ever been a time that we need men and godly men to stand up and influence this generation, it is now. Do you agree? So we're going to pray that over you this morning. Come on, women, I want you to open your mouth and speak and pray out loud a blessing over our men this morning. Will you do it? Father, we thank you so much for the men that you've blessed Passion Church with today. We honor them, Lord. We esteem them highly. We lift them up this morning because we recognize, God, that influence that they have in this generation. And God, we see the attack of the enemy on their lives, on their minds, on their spirits, on their self-esteem. We know that the enemy would come to steal, kill, and destroy today. But we say no more. God, the men of Passion Church are going to rise up and take their place in the kingdom today. I have no doubt that you're calling these men father to a deeper walk with you it doesn't matter how young it doesn't matter how old it doesn't matter where they are on your timeline this morning God what you have spoken you will bring to pass and we say thank you God your calling is without repentance today what you've called them to you will equip just as you gave Moses father the words to speak just as you gave Moses Aaron, Lord, you sent a mouthpiece to speak when he couldn't speak himself, God. You will equip today those you have called. And we thank you for that equipment this morning, Lord. We thank you that every man in this room is going to accomplish what he set out to accomplish in the unction and the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit today. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your Spirit, says God. And Father, we thank you that we're going to see great things in Passion Church because the men are going to rise up. They're going to rise up in the name of Jesus, and they're going to accomplish great things, and they're going to set the example high, God, for our young men and our young babies and our young ladies even, Father, to look up and see what it truly means to be a godly man it truly means to be a man that will honor women and respect women and take care of children in the proper way oh god no longer will the lie of the enemy be bought in this church father i ask for your protection over every one of them lord i ask for ingenuity i ask for creativity to fall in their jobs in their families in their their relationships, God, their circles of influence, I ask, Father, that you would have your way, and they would be godly men, and we can look to them, Father, to lead us into the paths that we should take. As Moses led the children, Father, as Moses poured into Joshua, that you would allow these men to catch that mantle and to catch that burden this morning, Father, to pour into those below. And we look forward to see what you're going to do, Lord, as men rise up and take their place once again. We thank you, God, for their influence and passion church. Some of them have been with us for 12, 13 years and plus. And they've been so faithful. God, I pray that they won't be weary in well-doing today. But that you would give them a pep in their step and energy, Father, when they get tired. That you would pour energy into them, oh God. That you would pour encouragement into them this morning. We thank you so much, God. We know we make mistakes, but you're a God of mercy. We've all failed and fallen short of the glory of God. And we thank you for your mercy this morning. We thank you for your compassion. We thank you for your grace. And we pray this morning that you would lead us from glory to glory to glory. Take us to that next step, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for that. Yes, God. Yes, God. Women, would you just continue to say one more quick prayer blessing over the men around you and then we're going to call it done. Come on, let them hear your prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If we bless them. Lord call them fruitful, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We call them successful, God, in your eyes, in the name of Jesus. We ask that you bless them, God, when they go in, when they go out. We ask that you bless them at their jobs. Let them be um, moved, God, as, as, as their bosses see their, their labor and as they see their faithfulness. As they're faithful in the small things, we ask that you bless them at their jobs, oh God. I pray that if there's a a dad or a man this morning in this room that is stressed out, God, and there's no peace, I ask for peace that passes all understanding to invade their minds and their spirits this morning. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Men, look at me. Eye contact. We love you. We bless you, and we say thank you for being men of God in this body so that we can follow. We will follow. I know that's hard for some of us, us strong-willed women, but we will follow. As we see you follow God, we follow you. Amen.
0: It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.